This can be played at high volume. Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. There, there we go. Welcome, everyone. Good morning, beautiful people. Hopefully, you're having a great Saturday morning. I know I sure am because I'm here with you, as I always am, each and every Saturday. And we're back to the normal time of 10 a.m. until high noon on this Louisiana Saturday morning. And it's a glorious one. Yes, it wound up having a little bit of rain, delaying some games, name of the Cajuns. You saw the LSU game get bumped up. Friday was a little bit of a turd sandwich when it comes to being a fan of those teams, the LSU Tigers, both on the baseball and basketball front. Having it be such a closed ball game stunk to high heaven. But sometimes you got to kind of flip the script. You got to basically flush the commode, if you will. Kind of steal a phrase from the late Tony Robichaud and also a little bit of the great skip. Burtman there, but flushing the commode and moving on to Saturday, you look outside, it's beautiful, seeing a lot of people out, out on the roads, definitely a good old-fashioned Saturday. Yes, the price of gas is sky high, but at the end of the day, when you have sports in your life, it's always a big plus, and more importantly, for me at least, the MLB is back. Yes, you're right, the MLB is finally back, they agreed to terms, we'll talk about that more a little bit later in the program. But I am just absolutely excited about that. Lumisnomics, it's doing its thing. And more importantly, it's the weekend, baby. It's the show you've been waiting on. It's the perfect way to start your weekend under the dome with CD. Of course, we are coming to you live in live color from the beautiful 1037 The Game Studios. Baby, we're looking good. Oh, we already know we're looking good. We're feeling good. Hopefully you are as well. Definitely a lot of things to get to over the next two hours. I was blown away. You know, once I got into Wednesday, Thursdays, usually when I start mapping out the topics of the show, and I realized I have so much to get to over these two hours that I want to get to more or less. Obviously, I could probably get into some NBA talk, but eh, doesn't really excite me that much right now. Call me when we get toward closer to the postseason. We see where the Pelicans kind of stand and if Zion Williamson ever decides to come back. That's some stuff. But baseball's back. The NFL free agency thing, it's going full tilt. We'll be talking about that and so much more over the course of these next two hours. But we're going to waste zero time because I've got none of it right now. So we're going to get it right into it about what's causing all this on a Louisiana Saturday morning. And we're doing it like we always do with your Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. Hey, 
In all honesty, it feels like there could be a full-blown Vice series, like Dark Side of the Ring, that could be made about the last decade or so at LSU, to, considering how many skeletons in the closet they've had, all the dark clouds that have surrounded that program. Not just on the football front, but on the basketball front as well. Baseball's been squeaky clean because Paul Benary is a respectable humanoid. And more importantly, you've got everybody else kind of having to mind their P's and Q's. They're having to do that because guess what? If they don't, they know the NCAA is definitely going to be ready, willing, and able to do some stuff. And obviously, the football front, it's still kind of popping up from time to time, especially with running backs coach Frank Wilson. Some reports and allegations about him, but this is more about the basketball side because that's the biggest headline of the week. And it's going to be something that we've been talking about for years, and we're going to continue to talk about for years, in my mind. Because the NCAA decided to kind of start talking about one will wait. Because they handed the school a notice of allegations earlier this week concerning Will Wade and the alleged recruiting violations. Keyword there, recruiting violations in a world before the NIL became a thing. It started running rampant across college athletics and causing a little bit of an unfair balance, if you will. Now, the, the thing of it is and why this is so important not just because of the fact they got a notice of allegations, but more when it pertains to Will Wade's future. And apparently, according to reports, haven't seen anything in terms of what these allegations are and what the sanctions could be. Because if you don't know, if you've been living under a rock, or more importantly, you don't necessarily pay attention day-to-day to all the news that's happened over the last couple of years. And trust me, there's been a lot. It's like putting together the timeline for all the stuff that's going on at LSU would require an oral history on like the ringer or something. Cause it's insane to see all the stuff that's happened over the last few years, especially when it comes to the basketball front. But in case you missed it, the key word here, if there is a level one sanction violation that's brought up in the allegations, if there's something brought up to that effect, will wait gone. Bottom line, four calls, and I think that's what they want to do at the end of the day. LSU is not going to fire Will Wade unless it's a level one because it's how they have it in the contract, and more importantly, I don't think they want to do another buyout because they just bought out Ed Ogeron a few years ago. They bought out Johnny Jones. They've bought out a lot of guys. Les Miles, you still you bought him out a while back. You've bought out several other people to where it's – like, yes, the, the economy isn't great right now, but at the end of the day, if you're LSU, you probably could foot, foot the bill no matter what because the boosters are there for it. But I think they're going to wind up just letting this thing play out because they want to just do the four calls thing because that's how it's been set up since Scott Woodward took over as the athletic director and he did the right thing there. And that's where the honesty is in this because they're not going to say anything. I, I highly doubt unless somebody drops in a Freedom of Information Act or an FOIA for short. There's no way in hell you're going to be hearing anything about this and Will Wade's future will be the head coach as long as things don't speed up. But I have a feeling LSU isn't going to speed things up. They're going to be very glacial, a lot like the NC2A. 
The NCAA is taking a jolly old time in making these decisions and doing these investigations, doing their due diligence. And also, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you had COVID kind of run roughshod to where you're not able to do the investigations up close and personal and see what's going on behind the scenes. You're just going off of the hearsay of the strong-ass offer. That's what started all this, the strong-ass offer. But you wonder, when could this happen? When could this happen? I'd say probably within the next year and a half. And I know that's a long time for me now, but I think within like the summer of 2023, I would not be surprised if we start seeing those things come out and the or the sanctions get levied onto LSU and we see the level one violations they have. I just feel they're going to take a little bit more time than they would any other program in the country. Because again, LSU look good. Is all is definitely a team that's starting to become a perennial team that's going to get into the big dance. And the NCAA loves those kind of stories, those perennial teams. Not a power, but a perennial team. I was talking with Blaine before they went live, and I said, honestly, I think LSU is probably going to be eliminated in the second round, depending where they land in terms of the brackets. Because obviously, a lot like last year, it doesn't really matter what you did in the regular season. Excuse me, what you did in the SEC tournament, it matters more what you did in the regular season. So you're going to be getting ready for that. You've just got to brace yourself for it. Because it feels a lot like I should have the Jaws music playing. Not this music playing underneath me. I need to have the Jaws music. Because that's what's happening. This program is wading, pun intended, into dangerous waters. And they've been doing this for a while. But now you're sitting there way in the deep end of the ocean. Guess what? Jaws is going to come after you. Sooner or later, it's going to bite your leg off. And that's kind of what you're waiting on. When is that going to happen? When could that be? And again, level one sanctions could be levy. Now, I wonder how much everything that's happened over the last couple of years changes that conversation. Because if this were, if we, we didn't have NIL like officially take place in the last year, I think obviously now you've kind of like, okay, this is, it was bad then, but now it's kind of been decriminalized in the sense of you can actually pay players, but it's not necessarily paying players with your own money. But then again, that's all these are. Whenever you get these players that get these offers and they get the illegal recruitment, a lot of it is bagmen. For instance, go look at Tennessee and the recruiting violations they had with their previous regime and how much that that put this thing into a turmoil. But I think Within the next year and a half, we'll finally hear more about this. So, LSU basketball fan, do not like be anxious. Do not worry. There will be a resolution to this, but it's not going to come anytime soon. That said, once it does happen, you've got to play catch up ball. And I feel like that's gonna. That's why I feel like summer of twenty twenty three is the time when this announcement, when these violations are announced and everything. I just have a feeling 
That's how it's going to go. Now, of course, they could speed run through this. It's a lot like what we saw with the Cajuns a number of years ago on the football front. They didn't get severe level two, uh, level one, I mean, but they got some really tough sanctions on them, or I'd say relatively speaking, they got a slap on the wrist considering some of the stuff that happened, but wasn't necessarily, you know, a huge ordeal comparatively speaking to what's going on at LSU or what went on at LSU at the time where it was not a great look to get that opportunity to go ahead and give this guy an illegal recruiting. It's not a great look for the program and it's something black eye, but we're wondering when that's going to come down. And I say probably around mid to late June of 2023 is when I kind of put the deadline on it. It could be next week for all we know, but it feels like they could drag this out to do more investigations to make sure that they can pin Will Wade. He's go look back at Bruce Pearl. They took their time and everybody kind of knew something was going on. Bruce Pearl's still there, still head coach, still coaching, but it's going to be a, a lot to get to over the next few months and year to get more information. But I'd say probably the next year, year and a half, you'll be getting the news about Will Wade's future and any potential sanctions that come their way. We'll go ahead and take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to keep this train a rolling. I want to kind of flip it over to the MLB because it's a great day. Earlier this week, the group that I absolutely hate with, and there's no emphasis, I hate that group more than anything, the owners of the MLB, they always like to screw it up, but they managed to do the right thing, like their name, Spike Lee, and baseball's back. If you want to talk about LSU basketball in the future with, of Will Wade or anything else, 337-706-0111. I've only got one guest today, so you've got plenty of time to come in, give us your calls, and more importantly, just be part of the program and have a lot of fun. Let's keep it rolling. When we come back, some MLB talk. Back after this on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Back after this. Who is the world-famous CD, really? Whatever you think, when you think sports radio, he's the exact opposite. Yes, I will do the opposite. Let's get back to Under the Dome with CD before he starts acting like Costanza. George is getting upset! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. If you love crawfish, if you love crawfish, you will not want to miss out on this opportunity to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Thanks to the game, J&J Exterminating, Kramer, Quibben, and Cody's Crawfish, we've got something for you that you will absolutely love. And I got to say, I would love to have this, but I can't enter it. Obviously, I work here. But let me run down what we got on tap for you with this crawfish boil. The ultimate crawfish boil prize package is two sacks of live crawfish, what? a pot and burner, what? 
ice chest, tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to a Houston Astros ball game. You can sign up today at the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com because obviously we're out in Lake Chuck now and you can get in on this action, people out in Lake Charles. So you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Welcome back to Under the Dome. Talking about the crawfish, talking about food in general just gets me hungry. Not going to lie. Always a good time to be a member of the clubhouse. It's free to enter. It's free to join. And if you're not a part of it yet, what the hell are you waiting for? Just get out there. Sign up for it. doesn't take you any time. It all takes like maybe a minute at most. takes that much time to sign up. It's free. You won't be getting spammed with a ton of emails. Guess what? You'll be able to enter in to win fantastic prizes like that. There's stuff like Mabel's Kitchen, Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, gift certificates up for grabs. So get in on the action today if you haven't already. Seriously, get in on it, people. And I'm just looking forward to the fact that we are going to have Major League Baseball, for the love of God, finally back in our lives. Yes, hear me right. We are officially going to have this back and better than ever. I am so excited about the fact that we have Major League Baseball. It's going to be coming back in 2022. I talked about it last week, how much I hate Rob Manfred. I still hate him, but at the end of the day, he gave me what he what I wanted, so I can't necessarily be too mad at him, right? He actually made the right choice. And also I had to kind of double back because the season's going to be starting April 7th. So in about four weeks, we have four weeks till we get Major League Baseball in our lives. I am very much excited about that. But the fact that Rob Manfred understands the brevity in all of this, because it's not just you are saying, hey, I want to have this opportunity to make money. I want to have this opportunity to make sure that my people are taken care of. Spoilers, he doesn't always do that. He always has some ulterior motive. And at the end of the day, I understand where he's coming from. I get it. You know, he is very much a talking board or a soundboard from the owners. He is always going to be looking out for the owner's best interest. And some of the stuff just did not sit right at all to me. As a fan, I hated him. And I think we're going to get, it's going to be wild and woolly these next couple weeks. And that's going to be the most fun part of all this is while he kind of kept things close to the vest and there was a 90-day lockout, now free agency is wide open. And it's going to be wild, wild west style for the next night, for the next like couple weeks. And hell, I just saw a trade pop up with um, uh, the Minnesota Twins and the Texas Rangers with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. He's going to the Twins. So at the end of the day, you'll be seeing a lot of stuff go down. And we're wondering when one name in particular is going to make his decision. Carlos Correa. Apparently, he sold his house in Houston. But I think he could very well still be an Astro when it's all said and done. Damn near every time I see Carlos Correa somewhere, 
Like I've been watching a lot of UFC the last few months. I watch every pay-per-view, and somehow, someway, Carlos Correa, they manage to find him every single time, and he's always around his guys. Lance McCullers Jr., he was with him ringside, or cage side, I guess you could say, for the big show last weekend, big pay-per-view last weekend with Colby Covington beating Jorge Masvidal by decision in the main event. Definitely a fun card, but that's a different conversation for a different, different show and different podcast, the Cajun Strong Style podcast. But seeing him around those guys made me kind of think that there's a very good chance that they've been talking to him about sticking around. And I would not be surprised at all if he does indeed stay with this franchise because this franchise has been good to him. Now, it's all about if, keyword if, the MLB wants to play ball in the sense that they're going to give him what he wants. And that's a little bit more freedom, if you will. They have to kind of fork over some money to be able to do that. And that's never been the Astros way of giving somebody an inordinate amount of money. It's never been to their advantage to do something like that. But if you're the Astros, you've got to realize sometimes money is going to cure all those issues of uncertainty. And if you have him stay there, that keeps your core together for a long time. Carlos Correa, still relatively young in the game, and he signed a big-time deal. Alex Bregman, another guy. He is young, but at the same time, he is going to be a veteran that is going to be a force in the league. I think having Carlos Correa added to that, having that big three still there, that nucleus, that's going to keep you a contender for the next several years. Because I think, You've lost some guys. You've lost some key guys, yes. But I think losing out on somebody like a Correa could be detrimental. A lot more than I think the George Spring losing George Springer was. More than losing some other key players over the last couple of years. They've like keep note of how much this roster has changed just because of the amount of money they've had to spend to keep guys, like a Justin Verlander, which didn't necessarily work out all that well. Hopefully, that's one of my big hopes this year. Is Justin Verlander going to stay healthy? And I think he has a definite shot to do so. But I want to see how he turns it around over the next few months. I want to see that. I want to see how that goes down. I want to see a lot of other changes turning around. And seeing how this franchise can build with the build for the future, because again, the MLB is a little bit different compared to any other league. With the fact that they don't have a salary cap, you got to deal with the luxury tax stuff. It's a whole mess, and we're gonna try and get on Apollo Dez probably for next week's show, and maybe by then we'll find out what happens to Carlos Correa. I think Correa does stick with the Astros. And people are bringing up him joining the Dodgers, the Yankees. Honestly, if he joins the Dodgers or the Yankees, he becomes number one on my list of people I hate in the MLB outside of Rob Manfred. In terms of players, Carlos Correa would be the ultimate heel joining either one of the evil empires, be it on the Flake Coast 
or the East Coast and joining the real evil empire, the New York Yankees, and going to join Garrett Cole, baby, who, by the way, thank God he has just absolutely stunk up the joint since joining those Yankees. He is go- he has definitely regressed back to Garrett Cole with the Pittsburgh Pirates, allowing a lot of home runs. His spin rate has gone into the tank. I could say a lot worse words, but it is what it is. Throwing him into the tank and then some. Carlos Correa, he goes there. I hope he falls apart and he gets injured more because I just can't stand the fact that he would join a team like that. Especially, and this is something that also kind of rubs me the wrong way about some of these teams that want a guy like Carlos Correa. Why are you giving me that kind of energy after all the crap you've given Correa, you've given Altuve? I mean, I could I could pretty much pull up any evidence. Not on this show, of course, because I have um, uh, regulations. I can't play some of the clips like the bleep Altuve chant. That's what I'm thinking about when it comes to Carlos Correa joining another franchise like the Dodgers or like the Yankees. The two teams that probably gave Astros fans the most strife and most grief over this entire situation. Seriously, there's been no group of fan, no teams that have been more adamant about their hatred of the Houston Astros. And then you go ahead and sign one of their star franchise players. You have no room to say anything anymore. Your your argument is invalid. I understand. It's all about making your team better. But at the end of the day, if you're the Dodgers or you're the Yankees, especially if you're the Dodgers, two years ago you won a championship. Why do you need to add more? If you're the Yankees, you can probably just buy out every player's contract and if you wanted to. And nobody would bat an eye because you're the Yankees. And that's what kind of frustrates me in all this, is that there's those two teams that everybody wants to bring up. Now, I've seen some reports. Maybe the Cubs are involved. If the Cubs are involved, fine. I, I don't care because the Cubs are the Cubs. They've been very much, you know, buyers and sellers. Like, they belong more on Wall Street than they do in Chicago, Illinois. The way they've been wheeling and dealing the last few years and it's amazing how precipitous their downfall was after the World Series they won. It's great they won one. I'm sure every single fan of a of the Cubs right now would love to have another championship, but at the end of the day, they know they have one, and that makes them feel good. That makes them feel good in the morning, right? Is the fact that they actually have a championship to hold. And no, they actually won one, and they're still not waiting over 100 years for another one. And Carlos Gray could be another key cog in maybe turning that franchise around and making things better. Who knows? Who really knows? But we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll kind of get into some more baseball talk, but more on the collegiate front because LSU baseball, they got a win against Bethune-Cookman last night, but I think it's all about what happened with Blake Money how much of concern that is. Also talk some Cajuns as well because, man, they look good. Game one against Southern Miss fell apart. This team has definitely gone through some ups and downs, some growing pains. Talk about that and so much more right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette. 
1041 Lake Charles. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And we'll be right back after this. It's a little delayed, but it's still appropriate to play some 311 on 312. The world famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. <laughs> now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear with Under the Dome with the world famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest, Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana Sports Station. Station. If you love monster trucks, you are going to love the fact that the monster trucks are coming back to the Cajun Dome on March 18th and 19th. The toughest monster truck tour is making its way back into Acadiana. And we've got your chance to hook you up with a family four-pack of tickets. All you got to do is text BIGFOOT, B-I-G-F-O-O-T, to 68683 for your chance to see the absolute best monster trucks in the entire world, including the OG, the king of kings of monster trucks right now, Bigfoot. Once again, text Bigfoot to 68683 for your chance to win a family four-pack of tickets to the toughest monster truck tour at the Cajun Dome March 18th and 19th. That is one week away from yesterday. I cannot wait till that goes down to the Cajun Dome. If you love hearing those monster trucks start revving, make some noise, this is your chance to go see that. And it's going to be a fantastic showing over two nights, March 18th and 19th. A lot of stuff on tap on the Cajun Dome's docket. I'll say this. I got in conversation with some people here at Delta Media about this. But my God, the grouping of people is insane. What they've been booking lately. It's been a ton of bands and groups, everything. Like they are booked out for almost the entire year with nothing but like artists, the toughest monster truck tour. No WWE, but I don't think that's coming back anytime soon. Maybe AEW, I don't know. But hopefully we get wrestling back sooner rather than later as a wrestling fan myself. But that's a different conversation for a different day. I want to flip it over to LSU baseball, maybe some college baseball in general conversation. If you want to talk about it, give me a call, 337-706-0111, 337-706-0111. Hopefully you're having a great Saturday. And I'm hoping LSU can kind of end off their non-conference slate on a positive front. Because SEC play is looming large. Talking about March 18th and 19th being the start of the toughest monster truck tour. Well, it's the start of the toughest part of LSU's schedule as well with the SEC slate just getting ready to rev up. And it's, of course, against Texas A&M. you got to deal with those damn Aggies. And then Florida. Then Auburn. I mean, just those first two games alone could put the fear of God into you. But you're playing Bethune Cook, and you barely eke one out an eight-seven ball game, and that's coming off of a 
less than stellar showing. Let's just put it that way. Less than stellar showing in the Shriners College Classic. They got a win over Oklahoma, which was great. Texas, I think it was kind of expected. You were probably going to lose that game. Maybe it would have been a little more competitive, but it is what it is. You lose to Baylor. I think Baylor was the more disappointing one, but you want to get that game pushed back to like late at night. I think the game ended a little bit after midnight, so like probably you they weren't adjusted well enough in that, but losing two or three and losing to to one of the teams that you did in Baylor, that would be great to have that additional win just to kind of soften the blow a little bit of losing a game in the Shriners College Classic. Yes, you lost to one of the best teams in the country and a strong, strong favorite to win the entire doggone thing when it comes to college baseball's World Series. I, I'm still kind of glancing every now and again to see what the latest odds are because I put money on LSU to win the College World Series just to see, just for fun. And LSU's actually dropped down about plus 1,500. Vandy and Texas are your two strong favorites. Ole Miss and Stanford right behind them. Oregon State, the Beavers, I'm surprised they are that high up at plus 1,400. But LSU, plus 1,500 right now, according to DraftKings. They're one of the few that actually has like college baseball on their lines, on their website. Because Vandal, like, Vandal in person, yes, you can, but not so much on the app, or at least it's not like readily visible. To where it's kind of a pain. But flipping the conversation over to LSU baseball and what happened last night, there were some good moments. There were some good moments. Don't get me wrong. And LSU's needed those moments. I can guarantee you that. They have needed them. But you've got some great players on this team that have started to show up more on the offensive side of the ball is they continue to have some errors pop up here and there. They had one yesterday that wound up costing them a run early on, but Bethune-Cookman actually took the lead off of that after a three-run blast in the fifth. Jacob Berry came up huge. Dylan Cruz came up big. But I think the big overlying story that everybody was worried about was Blake Money. And Blake Money has been great for this Tigers team. As you'd expect from a Friday night starter, he needs to be in the lineup. If not, I said a while back, the thing regional host is that is kind of that expectation. Your ceiling is top eight. Based off of what I've seen for the first few weeks, losing Blake money immediately shatters those expectations like the glass when Stone Cold Steve Austin came out. That's what happens every time. Like I see Blake Money, and I say, hey, that's going to be a guy of the future to keep an eye on and see how much he's going to grow and how much of an opportunity he's going to have to play in the MLB, but more importantly, have an opportunity to make an impact for this team. And Blake Money has been nothing short of that this season. And the, and the crazy part is he's a sophomore. He's going to have a chance to get even better, but he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. That's going to be the big key here. And this year, I mean, he's 2-0. and He's had he's got a really solid ERA. It's not like his first year. He was 8.68 ERA. 
he started to develop himself as the Friday night ace. Now you wonder how else, how everything else is going to kind of shake out if you're LSU. And that's obviously something we're all kind of wondering about how that rest that rotation is going to work out. Cause now's the time to really solidify your group, solidify who you've got. Then that's all that matters. You've got to have everything ready to go for game one, game two, game three, because the SCC and we keep saying, yes, winning those games in the midweek is nice. But it doesn't matter in the long run. It doesn't matter if you if you lose half of your non-conference games in the midweek. But if you lose probably half of your series, it's going to be a hell of a lot more difficult to get into the SEC tournament. Excuse me, the NCAA tournament. Unless you somehow manage to win the whole darn thing in the SEC tournament, like LSU has always been prone to do because at the end of the day, a lot of teams don't care about it. It's always been the pulmonary invitational out in Hoover, Alabama. Could that change in 2022 with a new head coach? Never know. But it's going to be intriguing to see how that team does kind of fix things and who fits in all the kind of conversations about the future of this team and how the pitching rotation does shake out. I was going to talk more with Jacques Doucet in this segment, but he politely declined, couldn't get him. It is what it is. And when he mentioned it, I had nothing but respect for what he said. It was he, he, what he's doing today. More power to him to be able to pull to be able to do that. And it shows how great of a guy he actually he is. He's just all around a good guy. And we're going to try and get him on down the road because I want to get in some conversations about LSU with him. Not too far down the road. Meanwhile, I'll kind of jump over to the Cajuns for a little bit. Because the Cajuns are in the middle of a, a game that got delayed due to light. Of course, it has to be the Cajuns have something like that happen to them. At, even after moving up the game, because they had to move it up to avoid some of the bad weather that was coming Friday night. The weather looks a lot better today, to be honest. It's a little cooler, which I don't mind. Mind you, I think in certain parts of Louisiana, I think there might have been snow. I think more in the north side, northern part of Louisiana, or as I like to call it, Arkansas South. But they're playing Houston. And they are a team that's very up and down, up and down. And don't get me wrong, Houston is a really good team. On paper, everything kind of works out in that sense. But I'm intrigued with the fact that this is a big series for the Cajuns. I think they have to have to prove that they can win a weekend series because they really haven't done that since the opening weekend, which was a great opening weekend to get that huge win. But they haven't been able to capitalize off of it. They do that, and then they fall apart somewhere along the line. I'm just interested to see how all that kind of flips over over the next few weeks and how that sets up for the next several months if you're the Cajuns because you're getting ready, a lot like LSU, conference play starting up. And the way they play against Southern Miss 
doesn't necessarily give me that much, you know, hope. And mind you, Southern Miss, damn good program, but I think I would have given the Cajuns a little bit more of a chance to do what they needed to do. Then you have this game against Houston. You're tied right now 5-5. I'm hoping that they can get the win or more importantly keep it competitive because that would be huge. And then they take game two or game three. If they can sweep it, it'd be great. But at least taking the series 2-3, two out of three would be huge. Now you wonder what's going to happen next with a lot of these players and how the team's going to work out. Your guess is as good as mine. Meanwhile, you've got Cajun Softball, a team that's still, I'd say, kind of rebuilding this year. It's it's a little weird. And hell, they're, I mean, they're actually down right now. They're trailing one nothing with one out against Georgia State. They'll be resuming action later today at 2. The game got postponed in the third inning due to rain and lightning in the area. Of course, a lot like what we saw with the Cajuns as both are currently at home. Cajun softball, they just started conference play. And this is a team that's won like every series for the last like five years. That would be a huge blow to the psyche and, and like the fan base losing a series to open up conference play, especially against a team like Georgia State. With all due respect, I think the Cajuns can get it done. And hopefully they do on the women's front. We'll go ahead and take a quick time out. We'll come back. I've got my fave five picks to click for the weekend. And we'll be back after this on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The world famous CD always has his eyes on the lines out in Las Vegas. Hit me 20. Hit me 21. Hit me 22. Here's his five favorite bets for the weekend. Will he make you rich beyond your wildest dreams? Or will you be cursing him out after he goes 0 for 5? Let's find out on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. And it's time to kind of get your notepad out or maybe if you have a phone these days you can actually put in uh, your notes the five fave picks to click for this weekend of course we put in a five dollar parlay each and every weekend do they always pan out not so much but it's still pretty doggone fun to throw down some money on a five dollar parlay and here's my picks to click for this weekend I'll start off with the Arkansas money line over Texas A&M. I'm going minus 260 here. Uh, I'm taking minus 260 odds. Arkansas with the win over A&M. It feels like it's easy money. Buzz Williams is going to run out of juice with this Aggies team sooner or later. And also I have Arkansas as winning the SEC championship, SEC tournament at plus 750. So I wouldn't mind taking that home as well. But that's a different conversation. That'll be more on a Sunday. Then I'm going Davidson. I'm taking them the money line over St. Louis. S- slightly smaller odds, minus 155. Their favorites there. Then I've got a pick to click here for the spread 
of Tulane Houston. Houston's 13 point favorites. I'll go Tulane covering plus 13 at minus 110 odds. Then we'll go with the Utah Jazz taking on the Sacramento Kings. They're strong favorites here, minus 490. I'll take that all day, every day. Because Sacramento is an absolute mess, and I, I get they're a joke. And then we'll close it out with the Boston Bruins over the Arizona Coyotes. Minus 360 favorites in this contest. And we put that all together in a five-leg parlay. 28-45 if it all hits. And I'll, I'll say this. I'll admit this. Full disclosure. I have been absolutely god-awful at parlays. But again, it's all for fun. It's all fun and games for me because I just don't mind throwing down a little bit. But I'll say this. If you take those notes that I just gave you and you do a little individual betting game by game, you may not make a huge profit, but you're going to wind up probably winning more often than not because I've been pretty consistent in getting four out of five right. And I feel like now that I've kind of mastered this whole parlay thing and going more towards the favorites, I'm still getting a decent amount because of the way the, the parlay calculators work out and taking the odds and taking more a strong favorite. I think that pays off a little bit more. But we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk some NFL because the quarterback carousel has gone full tilt like you're playing a game of pinball. So we'll talk about that and more right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Hour two coming up. Next.